Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. This is Rich Cardona and look, I've never had uh, a convict on the show. I've never been around someone who's been to jail besides my cousins back in the day, you know, and obviously maybe I have and just don't know it, but you know, I had the pleasure of meeting Zach Babcock. I kept seeing him over and over and over on Instagram and a couple other places. And I'm like, what is this underdog empowerment about? And then I started seeing, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's got some heavy hitters on his show. So then once Clubhouse started uh, kind of coming into existence and I got on there and I would see him in all these rooms and giving back and giving back. And I uh, was on there a few times in some of the rooms he was in and listened to the knowledge he was kicking. I'm like, okay, the guy's legit. So I was like, I'm going to see him. I wrote him, uh, scheduled, and I went out there to St. Louis on a snowy day. And we sat in his now old studio because he's leveling up. He's got a new awesome building. We met, it's freaking like 17 degrees outside and he's in shorts and, uh, and we, we go into his studio. Actually, we didn't even go into his studio. We went into the office and we just sit. We sit, we talk, we look at pictures, we look at processes. He shows me some systems. I talked to him about what I'm doing and you know, immediately, and this isn't abnormal, we, we connected. It was great. It was, it was completely great. And then it was just like, oh shit. You know, we're both on a timeline and he uh, missed the gym. So I won't forget that he missed the gym, uh, you know, that morning so we could do this. So we go into the into the podcast studio. Really awesome kind of seeing where how things began, uh, you know, the, the simple color scheme, the message, the, the, the feel, the demeanor. And we talk and we have a podcast. And this is a podcast about someone who should have been down for the count on so many different occasions. This is someone who was just mixed up. And I don't even want to say mixed up with the wrong crowd. He was just mixed up with himself. Super volatile relationships, super volatile drug use, super volatile personality, couldn't stay out of trouble, missed the birth of his twins, you know, got a message while he was in solitary of his sister's passing from an overdose. I mean, just, just uphill. And just like one of my previous guests said, all success is uphill. So every reason in the world for Zach to fail, quit, blend in, go back to jail again, you know, there's, there's, there's all these reasons, but he overcame it. And he's going to be here talking to you in a minute about how he did that and how he used a platform, not only for his voice, but to speak for other underdogs and for a great, great cause. And now I'm looking at pictures on his website right now. You know, he's at Grant Cardone on, he's at Billy Jean, Evan Carmichael, Patrick Bet David, Dean Grazioso, Brad Lay, Neil Patel. I mean, this is insane. This is insane. So Annie Priscilla, you don't get around these people and you don't get these people on your podcast unless they believe in what you're trying to do. And I believe in what he's trying to do too. So let's listen in. Look earmuffs, hardcore earmuffs. Uh, maybe I was code switching or just kind of back in my Marine days, but F-bombs left and right. Uh, so I apologize in advance, but if you could look past that and listen to the message, you're going to be just fine. Here we go. 
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Blocker. I'm actually in St. Louis. I left 60 degree weather for, I don't even know what it is outside right now, dude, 14. <laughs> and it, Yeah, and it was just snowy and shitty. And I'm like, all right, this is actually the first time I've been to St. Louis, man. So I'm actually here in the studio of the man of underdog empowerment. Please tell us who you are real quick so they know who I'm talking to. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. It's uh, Zach Babcock here and just uh, really excited to be jammed with you today, dude. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll really get things started. For sure, dude. I'll keep, you know, Clubhouse helped me get this thing really short and concise, dude, so we can unpack later if you want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, name's Zach Babcock. I did over five years of my life in prison for being a knucklehead, not having a chief aim in life. Uh, and then I got out after doing four years straight. And then I went back just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And that's the moment I decided to own the rest of my life. Uh, I got out, became an entrepreneur, got laughed at for the next three and a half years. And then I broke through with the podcast Underdog Empowerment, generated hundreds of thousands of dollars from the podcast since and helped other entrepreneurs do the same. And uh, yeah, man, just happy about life and uh, growing. So I've listened to your many, many episodes of the podcast. And in, in the beginning, uh, you know, you talk about that, that kind of feeling when you're going back, um, to prison and, and, you know, you got twins on the way and you were thinking about, you know, how, how did this happen? Why am I going to let this happen? But it's crazy because years later, as you're recording that podcast episode, you said to yourself, you know, I'm glad that happened, even though it was the most, it was completely awful. It was, it, I'm glad that that happened. How did you arrive to that place and how much work did it take mentally to get to a place where you can realize like that needed to happen? Yeah, dude. I fucking love that question, by the way. Dude, just this morning, because like it's like you like you mentioned, it's fucking snowing and it's ass off out here, right? Um, I have my like daily routines that I do no matter what. Before 12 p.m. hits, I have this whole entire morning routine before I even think about doing business work, right? And that got shooken up this morning uh, because I have to be here. You flew all the way out here to St. Louis, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And and then there's these snow blizzards and shit that's going on. And I caught myself, you know, like getting pissed off a little bit. And I was like, I was like, fuck my, and then I was like, no, I get to do this. And this is giving me an opportunity. This is another part of adversity. As small as that may seem like, no, this is an opportunity for me to grow and to improvise when the days don't go planned perfectly accordingly. Cause that's fucking life for you. And now I get to do this interview with you. And then as soon as we're done, I get to go get my gym session. So, you know, it's <laughs> Absolutely, staying man. to the plan, but yeah, kind of going back to your question though, man, it's like, the adversity, man. The, the, I I look at any times that are trying now, I always look for the silver line and what can I learn from it? What is this teaching me? Where is it bringing me? What is it making me? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to underdog empowerment, and I've listened to plenty of your stuff, what I don't actually know is who is not an underdog in your eyes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's something I really want to know because look, you and I have completely different backgrounds, right? But there's a point where I thought of myself as an underdog because I had an MBA, I had a military career and I had all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I should, I should crush it out in the marketplace. You know, I'm going to get this job. And I told you as we were kind of hanging out, I was miserable and I was a complete dipshit, piece of shit, husband, father, and all this other stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to change things up. So at that point I felt like I was kind of an underdog and whether you say I placed that chip on my shoulder or not, doesn't matter. But I considered myself an underdog. You may say, dude, not even close, but I don't know who is an underdog to you. I think you just hit it on the, on the money. Like, dude, if you are not growing in life and you're just complacent, then yeah, you're not an underdog. But if you're fucking striving for that next level of growth and doing something you've never done before, 
you're an underdog. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, that's why we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. And that's the cool part about it because I think Ed said, it's Ed Milet that says the, uh, joyfully dissatisfied or blissfully dissatisfied, whatever he called it. Yeah. I had to really dial that in. Cause I've always been like, all right, what's next? Cause I, I achieved something that I'm always like onto the next, onto the next. And I realized I was just moving the goalposts and I never was getting the fulfillment from actual, all the success that we're having. Mm-hmm. And now I've taken the time to actually take it in, give it the recognition, the the gratitude, the celebration it deserves and then go on to the next. And I found that to be very fucking useful in the process, especially for people like us mm-hmm. that are so driven for growth and that are, you know, like, all right, I'm going to fucking go out and dominate and do everything they say I couldn't do because I'm doing it for me first and foremost. So powerful to, to, to celebrate those wins throughout the process. Yeah, man. So here's, here's one thing I want to mention is, is this podcast focuses, you know, the focus is for entrepreneurs, small business owners, but there's a lot of it that has to do with transitions. And obviously you've had many transitions in your life. So when you made that transition to the point where you were putting yourself out there, I think you started with like network marketing or whatever, when you're like, look, I, I can't go back down that road. I'm never going to prison again. You did network marketing and then you kind of evolved a little bit from there and you're going through these transitions. But you said people were laughing at you. When when the deck is stacked against you and maybe you're imagining people are talking about you and they're not, like you get I to that point, know. right? You get to that point where you're just like, fuck, like what did people think? Tell me some of the things that allowed you to transition into being like, I'm going to embrace this brand and my mission so hard, like no one's going to be able, I, I, like the sign says right here, it's right behind me. It says, I'm coming for everything they said I couldn't have. <laughs> How do you get that to that place to help yourself transition and, and stay on that road? Yeah, man. And so this is more of a long-winded answer. Is Go cool? ahead. Okay. Oh. Of course. This is deep. I've th- I've been and I've been thinking about- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking on this so deeply and journaling about this and like so the first time I interviewed Andy Frasilla, I asked him I was like, "Are do you still, you know, tap into your underdog mentality, right? Cuz that's what it is essentially." And he's like, "Yeah, in the beginning I did, but then you eventually get to the point where it's not so much about proving them wrong, it's more about proving yourself right." And I'm like, "Damn, that's powerful." But I ain't there yet. And so I sat for the next year just pondering like, man, I'm just not there yet. Cause like I fucking enjoy proving motherfuckers wrong. Fucking all those people that laughed at me. I like fucking like, yeah, what now motherfucker? Like I, I enjoy that dude, but I'm, yeah, I'm doing it for internal reasons. First and foremost, my reasons why in even before that I have it because I'm doing it because I know my identity of who I am. Right. And I start there, but man, I still enjoy getting that external motivation. And so I went back and I talked with Andy the second time after a year later and asked him the follow-up question. I was like, man, I've been stewing on this for last year, dude. And I'm like, I guess I'm just not there yet because yeah, I'm driven by these internal reasons by Sony. He's like, I, and then he was like, I do too still, man. I do it, you know, for those internal reasons, first and foremost. And it's all about, you know, who I am and it's about proving myself right. But yeah, I do like fucking shitting on other people that don't believe that I can't do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, thank God, dude. Because and, and, and then he was like, he's like, you know, some would say maybe I got some inner work to do and, you know, maybe they're right. But guess what? This is working for me. You know what I'm saying? Does it bother? Let me ask you though. Does it bother you that you feel like you're not getting to that next level where you're not doing it to disprove other people? Like, does it piss you off? So dude, this, here's my philosophy, dude. I don't know what it's like to be enlightened because I haven't been enlightened. Right. But I'm, and so I can't, I can't say something that I haven't experienced, but I'm thinking about enlightenment. Right. And you're like, you know, a monk, right. And you're fucking, there's, you're content and there's like, everything's good. But I like a little bit of friction in my life. 
I like that drive. And so like I'm asking, I've been asking this exact question and journaling on it. I swear to God, this shit has been so powerful. I've been saying, can I have it all? And then I was like, well, what the fuck does all mean to me? Because most people say I want it all, but they don't even know what the fuck all means because they, they're thinking of what society says success is. And so I got really clear on what all means to me for my in my spiritual role, my, my health role, my role as a husband, father, businessman, investor, all these different roles that I play, friend, all this shit. And, and I clearly define that. And I'm like, yeah, I can fucking have it all. Matter of fact, I do have it all right now. It's weird. I've been in a transition myself lately where I am a lot more calm and I am like, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to say the word content, but like I have everything I need right now Yep. and I'm living my best life right fucking now, but I'm also super fucking driven and I'm moving towards other shit. Here's too. the thing, man. I, I'm so glad you said that. Here's the thing. You're living your best life right now. But that means tomorrow you're going to be living even a better life. Like it, it just like steadily increases. I know exactly that mindset that you're in. And I'm like, when I really stop to look around, I'm like, I have exactly what I need. And um, I, I mentioned Claude Silver to you earlier. So uh, Gary V's chief heart officer, she's a, a good friend of mine. I was having a dark day a few weeks ago. I, I don't know what it was about. And I just called her and uh, she goes, so what are you thinking? I was like, I feel like an imposter, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm so over the fucking imposter syndrome talk, but it's so real. It's like, that's why you keep hearing about it. And she goes, you could have it all. Uh, we, and she goes, well, what do you want? And I said, all these things. She goes, you could have it all. She goes, just not now. Mm. And it, there's just, it, it, you are where you need to be, right? Like it just has many different phases and ways to kind of just stack up on each other. And that's why when you say, I have everything I need, it's like, cool, wait till tomorrow. You're going to have even more. You're going to be smarter tomorrow and you have a new connection as of right now, right? Like, mm -hmm. like little things like that are, are what change the trajectory. So, um, so talk to me about the growth of the business, man. Like uh, this is obviously for entrepreneurs as well. Talk to me about some of the times you're like, this is not going to work. And then talk to me about the opposite, uh, when it is going to work or when you realize like I'm onto something real special here. I don't want to sound cheesy or nothing, but I always fucking knew I was going to make it happen. I always fucking knew, dude. Like it was like, it didn't look good at times, but I was like, I'm going to figure this shit out, dude. And yeah, there was times where there was very fucking stressful financially. Dude, I got to the point, dude, <laughs> where our bills were backed up. We credit cards maxed out. We got four kids. Our water was shut off all this shit. And I went and got a title loan on my Chrysler Aspen. Wife wanted to kill me. Oh man, Dude, Stephanie wanted to rip my fucking head off. And I was like, well, you know, cause she can't, she couldn't see what I seen. You know what I'm seeing? And you know, it was stressful. It's the most stress, financially stressful I've ever lived in my life. Like it was, it was, it was rough. Yeah. And just so I could get in this. I'm stressed out listening to that. Man. <laughs> Dude, like, I, I get it. I get it. And it was all just to get into a mastermind to learn how to master a new craft that would help me make money online, which was writing copy, figuring out who your audience is, figuring out what their desires are, then making an offer that's irresistible to them, then writing the copy that communicates that irresistible offer to them to get them to raise their hand and pull out their credit card. That skill. I didn't, I didn't master that overnight, dude. So for the next four months after I went and got that title loan, it got even worse because now we have this fucking title loan debt on top of all the other debt that we have. And I'm sitting here trying to master this and the pressure's on and everything like you could think is going wrong is going wrong. And just like that fucking book, uh, Think and Grow Rich talks about how it's always the, the heart, like the people quit three feet from gold because it gets the hardest and like, oh, this is, ain't going to work. That's how I felt, dude. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm either going to get rich or die trying. At 50 <laughs> cent, dude, <laughs> dude uh, it's, it's funny. Someone, 
I, I hate, I never forget where I hear quotes and I can never give attribution and people are always, I, I never want someone to be like, dude, you stole that from Will Smith. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't know. I always forget. But this quote is ridiculous. It's usually right before a breakthrough, it, you're, you feel like you're at a breaking point. Mm. And I'm just like, you got to hit the button on yourself. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I'm like, that is so true. So every time I'm like, fuck, like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, something's right around the bend. Yeah. We're on the razor's edge, right? Like we're on the razor's edge. So let me, let me ask you something that's been definitely on my mind. And I told you I don't prepare, but just listening to you and you're talking about how your wife was pissed. She was your girlfriend at the time when you went to prison. She was your girlfriend still when you went back. And here you are now married, uh, you know, obviously an intricate part of the business. And you're talking about title loans and all these ups and downs. The support system needed for an entrepreneur is insane. But you had extenuating circumstances where easily any woman could have been like, this dude is never going to get his shit together. Talk to me about what has enabled that to just stay consistent and how important that support is for your business. Dude, I love this question because me and my wife are now getting to a, a good point in our relate, a really good point in relationship because it wasn't good before. Yeah, and I used to do her dirty, and she used to do me dirty. Mm -hmm. um, so we met after I got out of prison the 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 first time, and then we started dating, and then I went to prison uh, right before my our our sons were born, um, and you know there was some sh you know a bunch of shit that went down then. And long story short, she ended up seeing another guy. Mm -hmm who his girlfriend was a girl that I was cheating on with. And so it was like his way of getting back at her and me and her Got way it. of getting back at, you know, and it's like, sounds messy as fuck. Yeah, it sounds like some fucking crazy <laughs> shit. Some, yeah, <laughs> sounds like some Jerry Springer <laughs> shit, bro. But, um, yeah, man. Um, but in that time though, dude, uh, I was like, fuck it, whatever, you know, I'm just gonna get out and be a, be a, be a single dad and I'm going to be there for my kids, you know, and we're just not going to be together. Well, I guess it wasn't enough for that dude. And he hit my littlest uh, twin, uh, Landon. Uh, he was a smaller twin, fractured his skull, caused brain hemorrhaging. Thank God that Landon's okay and there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. But dude, thank God also that I was in prison because I was literally going to fucking kill this guy. Mm -hmm. I was like plotting on how I was going to fucking murder him, brutally murder him, like peel out his eyeballs and eat, peel out his right eyeball, make him watch me eat his eyeball. Like, shit like sadistically fucking sick like fucking that's where i was at but yeah. you know thank god i was locked up for eight months at time and i had time to be like okay is this what would that do and would that be the best thing i could do to be a father in my kid's life would that be the best thing for them would it be the best thing for me and i got to really sit and think on all that and came to the conclusion that this guy's life is spared this time but like you know what i'm saying but uh yeah, so <laughs> we had a lot of bad blood between us, but we got into the point recently, and it came down. Did, did you just, hold on a second, man? Do you know how different this is than my husband works too much <laughs> type situation, right? Or my yeah. wife gets her nails done too much? Like this is serious, serious fucking shit. So yeah. I, I think, like, dude, and I, this is not me giving unsolicited advice, but. Count your blessings, man, right? Because yeah. this is one of those situations where it's like, look how much we've been through. That just makes you like, uh, like fuck J-Lo and A-Rod. Like, that's a power couple. That's a power couple right there because that's crazy, man. Like, you guys are like, we we got it when we're going to push. And now look at where you are. I think it's amazing, man. Amen, dude. I appreciate that, dude. It really is. It really is. Like you said, look at all the shit we've been through. Like, and, and it's, it's, it's what I found, though, is that... um 
at the end of the day, go back to the lesson I learned from prison is that you can't focus on the shit that you can't control. And that's where we, where the anxiety starts kicking in and the imposter syndrome and all this other bullshit is if you just always, and it's so simple, but if we, if we always just focus on only the things that we have power over that we can control, you ain't going to feel all those other shit. You're not going to be fucking worried about it. And it gives you power. It gives you the freedom to choose how you respond to anything that's thrown at you. All right, everyone, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Empowerment. Okay, this is Zach's company. It's for entrepreneurship for underdogs, alphas, and champions. There's plenty of resources on there. There's plenty of ways that he can help you, help you level up your podcast, start your podcast. He's got a free podcast roadmap on the site. So check it out. Check it out. Support what he's trying to do. If you've listened and feel anything from what he said so far and believe what I had to say about him to this point and my interaction, which was fantastic, then definitely check it out. Underdogempowerment.com. Here we go back to the show. So let me let me ask a, a fucking really strange question. And that is you were essentially trapped, right? In, in some of these pivotal moments, um, there's a moment, uh, you know, about your sister um, where, you know, you went in, uh, you got called up out of the hole, so to speak, or the prison within the prison. And, and you were doing a couple months there and they delivered the news like your sister has overdosed and, and she's passed away and you got a shitty 30 second phone call with your mom where nothing was covered. You went back to prison later and then, you know, all this stuff's going on with your twins you know, I imagine you paint the picture so well, like you're like maybe three steps in one direction and that's it. You were kind of confined, so you couldn't actually cause more self-destruction. Does that make sense? What do you, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but what can people do when they have all these outlets and resources to really fuck up their life, right? They have, they have access to drugs. They have access to alcohol. They have access to money. They have access to women or other men or whatever it is. Like, what do those people do who can literally just go destroy their life in, in half a second and they don't have the kind of confines of prison to just really process it all? Yeah, dude, this right here, and I would say, because this is super deep and I got a really good, powerful answer to this because it's something that I do all the time. Um, I did have plenty of chances to go and like, you know, yeah, I was in prison, but, you know, we had drugs and shit in mm-hmm. there and we had, you know, gangs in there and we had, you know, violence, you know, shit. You can go steal people's fucking canteen and shit and do stupid shit. Right. Uh the thing is, is that you got to make decisions logically. You can't make them emotionally, but then you act with the emotion. And so the process for this is like, dude, and this is very, 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 very simple, but simple doesn't mean fucking easy. <laughs> Too many people get those two mixed up. They're simple. This is hard. It's just very simple. But like when you're like, when shit's hitting the fan, right? And say everything in your life that could go wrong is going wrong. And you're like, what the fuck, right? Anger or anxiety or, or depression, whatever those feelings, emotions that you're going through, you got to stop and, and and you got to seriously ask yourself an empowering question, whether, and, and whether it be, it's like, you could say, what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? Or what can I do right now? That's going to bring me one step closer to my goal or based on with everything that just happened, what's the next best thing that I can do that's going to improve my life the greatest way possible? Shit like that. Questions like that. Because anytime we hear a question, our brains have to look for that answer. If I'm like, yo, Rich, what what kind of hat is that? 
everybody listening right now, including you and me, are like, well, what head is that? We're thinking about that. You know? <laughs> it's impossible not to. And so we ask the wrong questions a lot of times. I've done this so many times where I'd be like, well, why does this shit always got to happen to me? And that is the wrong question because it gets me to search for the wrong answer. And so ask those empowering questions. Calm the fuck down. Don't make a decision when you're all emotionally hyped up. And then when you calm down, you make the decision logically after thinking on that question. And then you can bring those emotions back and do the action. But you got to make it logic. You got to make the decision logically and then act with emotion because you can take anger and channel it and do good shit with. I'm going to shut up after this. Go ahead. But like on the football field, like, dude, I would take my anger, my dark side, those feelings of like, I'm going to rip this motherfucker's head off or whatever. And I'd put it on the field and channel that aggression, that anger into doing good shit with, into winning the game, winning a championship, coming together as a, as a camaraderie, as a team with one common goal to win a championship and learning respect and hustle and all these great life lessons in the process. So you can take the bad and do good with it. Let's talk about the underdog empowerment brand. You have a goal and that is to reduce it's it's I I I can't say it right either. Recidivism, is that it? Yeah. Nine to nine percent. I get that tongue twisted yeah, all dude, the time. It's ridiculous. So uh, actually for if if you're listening to this, can you explain what that is for people who might not be familiar? Yeah. So recidivism is recidivism rates are based on does does it, how long does it take to within three years does a person go back to prison after being released? And so what's fucked up about it is if you look at recidivism rates, they're different in every state in the U.S., but U.S. dwarfs any country in the world. So it's a clear indicator their system's broke. And then the numbers are skewed because it just shows the first three years. But what about the people that get out and die because they go back to the same life they were living before? They die from a, from a drug overdose or they get killed or something. Or what about after the three years, do they come back to prison or do they die after that? You know, and so our system is all fucked up, but I'm not making excuses for people that go to prison because, hey, it's your fucking fault for making those decisions. But for people that are trying to turn their life around, there could be way better system and way better resources in place that can help them do that. And I know what those things are, having gone through that system myself and pulling myself out of that system. And so that's a big overarching goal for us. And how are you using your platform, the multiple platforms that you have? And if you're not following Zach, by the way, freaking Instagram, Clubhouse, I mean, everywhere. He's everywhere, trying not to be everywhere uh, all the time, but he is everywhere. So definitely follow him and we'll get to where you could follow him at the end. But you know, how do you plan on using these platforms to to do that? And because that's a that's a freaking big fucking goal. Yeah. How Dude. do you how do you plan on it? Yep. So everything I do, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I'm figuring it out <laughs> as I go, dude. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, I do have a game plan. And I like it's like chess. So like I, I have done the first steps coming out and you know, building the underdog empowerment brand, the podcast powertrain brand, which is the cash cow that's supporting all this right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm in a transition. We're getting ready to launch the Alpha Underdog, which is this, this is probably the first time I said this shit publicly. Let's do it. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> Alpha Underdog. It's literally about creating your identity. And like, there's a process and I'm showing people right now. I was like, man, dude, I bullshitted so long because I was so focused about my business and I let my health slip and all this other shit. I was like, no more. I'm going to show you you can have it all. And so I'm literally like, I'm in the process and, and like, dude, I'm showing it as I'm going through it on my social and telling the story. I'm just documenting what's happening but literally i'm creating i'm calling all my fucking shots in every role in my life spiritual health uh husband father friend business investor 
I clearly define what my life looks like in every single one of those, putting it out there and I'm showing people how I create it. Like, like a fucking magician. Dude. Yeah. I could literally just fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when it comes to the alpha underdog and the identity, how do you protect people, so to speak, from trying to create or adopt identities that isn't really like true to them, right? Like I could say I want to be this fucking bomb ass side hustle millionaire or whatever, but maybe that's not exactly what I want. Like how, yeah. how do you help people? How do you guide them to make sure that the identity they're trying to assume is already kind of alive, just not out? I love this stuff, dude. So I'm literally doing this shit right now. And that's why I haven't launched a brand and shit yet because I'm whatever you call it, making it processes and form Like I'm all the tools, right? So like right now I'm in the process of doing this shit, right? And one of the first things you do is your identity. And I ask, can I have it all? What does all mean to me? And then those questions, why is that important to me? And I'm getting clear on these identities. And then I define each role. And then after I define each role, then I start saying, well, what are my core values? What do I stand for? What do I not stand for? Shit like that. I got to have these things in place, right? So long story short, I'm going through and mastering this shit myself because I found my purpose in life truly. It isn't the 9% recidivism rate or lower in the US. That's just a big fucking goal for us that we're going to do. But like my true purpose in life is becoming a master of mastery itself and helping other people do the same shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And so that part, mastering your life, like being able to create your identity and it's not saying like my identity, you have to be that. No, it's like you get fucking clear on exactly what you want and why is that important to you and you create it. And then when I master that whole thing and can actually teach other people to do it the same, that's how I do the 9% or lower recidivism rate because we got to keep catch people coming out and give them these resources, how to fucking create their own identity and their own life in the process. Resources and tools that aren't even taught in our own fucking school system. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then- we're also going to have these other programs where we get people matched up because not everybody's an entrepreneur, right? Some people are, some people aren't. So the people that aren't, we're going to get them matched up with all the other fucking entrepreneurs that we have. We're going to figure out what their strengths are and then get them matched up with a good job. And we're going to pitch the other people like, hey, you hire convicted felons, you get tax breaks. You know what I'm saying? And then for the people that are cut out to be entrepreneurs, we're going to have entrepreneurship programs that help them get a little bit of head start in it. And that's how we're going to do the 9% Dude, of the recidivism rate. I love it. So... This is perfect for the business owners and entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that are listening right now. You said something that's really, really important. There's going to be a distinguishing piece for you to determine a track, so to speak, for those who don't want to be entrepreneurs or are not cut out for it and those who are. What have you seen in your entrepreneurial journey? And we're kind of like, um, we, we have kind of similar starting points. Uh, I'm, I'm just further yeah. behind, man. No, you're not further behind. No, we, <laughs> but, we got the same trajectory and everything. It's crazy. But how do you identify that? Like, how do you identify those who, and, and this is important if you're listening, like this is coming from someone who's seen a lot. How do you identify who's not, I shouldn't necessarily be an entrepreneur? If you can't fucking take risk, you're too scared to take risk, you're not a fucking entrepreneur. Period. You got to be able to fucking burn the post. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, dude. Like, I don't give a fuck. If you that, what it, look up the term entrepreneur, there's so, so much bullshit going around being spread about, oh, you can just take it easy and all that. Like, fuck no, no, this is not a fucking easy game. It takes a very certain kind of crazy to build a business, be an entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like we're fucking crazy, bro, if you yeah. think about it compared yeah. to other people will take on more risks than most people. Look up the word entrepreneur. It takes on more 
great, I don't know the exact terms, but yeah. it's like more or greater financial risk than other people to get that reward. You have to take those type of risks. That's why I'm not knocking network marketing. I'm super grateful for it, for everything that I've learned through it. And it led me to where I'm at now. But a network marketer is not a true entrepreneur because you're not taking on the financial risks that it takes to really start a business. It's just a good college or starter program to become an entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tony Wally was on uh, my podcast not long ago. I think you had him on too. And he says, uh, if you say no to risk, you say no to opportunities. And then he quickly followed that up with, and it was a really great clip uh, about self being self-employed is not the same as being an entrepreneur. And and I completely agree. It's your brand, your money, your everything Uh, you are, you are creating, not necessarily getting fit into a system in which you could actually make a ton of money. And there's a very big difference. So now that we've kind of covered who shouldn't be an entrepreneur, what about people who are maybe close um, and not sure? Like they're like, do I take the leap? Like, do I go full fledged with this? How do you identify those people or what is your advice to them? I think the real thing is, is that you got to get clear on the identity first and foremost, because do you want that lifestyle? Is that something that you want in the first place? You don't have to be an entrepreneur to live a good life. You know what I'm saying? For some people, a hundred a hundred K fucking uh, salary year, yearly annual income, whatever you call it, whatever is a good life for them. And then having all the time to spend with their, their family and stuff. Like it, it comes down to, cause, cause here's the deal. If you're not the person that takes risks, you can become that person that does, you know what I'm saying? I used to be scared as shit to talk to people. And, and so I was socially awkward, bro. Like I used to be socially. Can't even imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be socially, (laughs) that was a good one. (laughs) I used to be socially fucking awkward, but then, and, and I used to suck at making content. Now I'm really fucking good at it because I said, I'm going to fucking do it. And I'm going to build in the skills and master that process. And you know, it's like, you could be whatever the fuck you want to be truly, really you can. Mm -hmm. And I hate there, but there's practical processes and steps you take to become that, you know what I'm saying? You can't just wave a magical wand and be that. Mm -hmm. But it, I, I truly firmly believe everything starts because one of the most powerful forces in the universe, the, our biggest drive we have is to stay consistent with our own perceptions of who we are, our identity. So if you've, I've always told myself my whole life, I'm not a good dancer. I can't dance. And I sucked at fucking dancing. <laughs> Guess what? I stopped telling myself that and I'm going to start taking dance lessons and I'm going to learn the art of dancing. So I want to dance with my daughter. She's two years old, but I want to be able to dance with her and I'm going to be a fucking beast dancer one day. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't happen overnight, but that perception, that thing that I tell myself, that voice that, you know, that tells yourself that's so true. And anything that you tell yourself, it's true. If you say like, oh, I'm not a good learner. I'm not a fast learner. Then you probably aren't a fast learner until you quit fucking telling yourself that. You know what I'm saying? When, when I referenced talking to Claude earlier in the episode and, and I was telling her some of these things that I thought about myself, she goes, oh, those are lies. Yep. They are lies. But you don't have someone to tell you that. You know what I mean? Especially if you're kind of in this solitude, uh, you know, Andy talks about it, the the reclusivity of entrepreneurship or success is sometimes you're like, who the hell am I going to talk to about some of these things? And what you're saying, it starts to build on itself in the bad way, right? You start saying, well, I'm not good at this. And I'm also not good at this. And all of a sudden you're just like looking at everything and you're like, I'm not worth the shit. So you combat that positively by changing your mindset. But we were joking earlier about how positive affirmations are completely weak. So what are some other methods that you use to kind of get out of that loop of, you know, self-sabotage? Yeah. So when I catch myself, because we all tell ourselves those lies, right? We all do. Anybody says they don't, they're a fucking liar, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, it's all about catching them and rewiring those 
and not no fucking cheesy fucking lame ass fucking you know what i'm saying <laughs> but dude like like so like we go back to the affirmations like i literally like i have a i call it my alter ego my dark side like I, we all have a dark side like dexter the dark passenger yeah. <laughs> like dude you have an evil we all have an evil side to us dude it, like there any, anybody says they don't they're lying like any, dude i i have it all the time like somebody will say something crazy i'm like dude i want to punch this motherfucker <laughs> in the throat you know or, or whatever you know I don't always act on it, you know what I'm saying? But I, but the thoughts are there and the desires and the emotions and, you know, anytime you cut off somebody on the highway to get where you're going, that's your dark side. Anytime you fucking cut off somebody and vie for positions in a checkout lane at the store, that's your fucking dark side. You're trying to step on other people to get what you want. We all have it. You could just tap into it and incorporate with the rest of the personality to do good shit with. I'm starting to go on a tangent, but what was the original question was yeah, so how if, if you're not going to do positive affirmations yeah. like you don't and you don't want to look in the mirror yeah. what are some of the things that you do to snap yourself out of it yeah so like so like i have like my alter ego right and then i do like look in the mirror but i don't get in there and i'm like oh i am a billionaire and whatever and all this stupid shit right i i look in the mirror and i look i'll say shit like you're you're a motherfucking beast you could fucking do anything you fucking want to if you fucking work hard for it and you can overcome any fucking pain and shit that's put your way because you've already done it before and you can yeah. do it again yeah. you know and i'll tell you, say shit like i'll amp, amp myself up i'm like you're a motherfucking monster now let's go get off your fucking ass and let's go get it you know and like i'll hype myself up that way and 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 like this is going to sound crazy nope but dude, like I'll work out and shit and my literal shadow that I see on the ground, I like, like I'm having a conversation with that's my dark side and I'm like, fucking, I have respect for my dark side because I know it it's powerful, but I still run the show. The I lead with the light. At the end of the day, the light is the commander and and my dark side understands it, but we have a mutual respect for each other. I literally have an alter ego. That's English. super introspective. Bro, it's crazy. That's I have great. Like, yeah. But, but that's something a lot of people would never admit. Yeah. And then that's the difference. And yeah. that's why things are growing. That's why where we're at right now, you're not going to be at in a month because you got a new place that you're building out and you got all kinds, you're launching Alpha Underdog. Like it all makes sense to me. I don't think that's crazy at all. Right on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk, let's wrap up with podcasting. Um, everyone has a podcast. It's something you'll hear. Okay. I have clients, you know, people, we all know people who want to start a podcast. We know that some people should and some people shouldn't. Talk to me about how it kind of escalated from the enjoyment you got out of it to maybe some of the guests that you had and then how it kind of proceeded from there. Man, I, this would literally take me like an yeah. hours to talk <laughs> Loaded about. Loaded question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. It's just so much. And, and of course, my opinion is super fucking biased because podcasting completely changed my fucking life, mm -hmm. dude. Mm -hmm. Like literally before the podcast, nobody gave me the time of day. I would reach out to people in their DMs and people would leave me on scene. People would laugh at me. All this shit. I was the ex-convict trying to become an entrepreneur. Like... You know, and and then I launched the podcast and I got it ranked on day three. And the reason why I launched it is because I heard a story about a guy that launched a podcast because he was finding all these opportunities hard to come by. And then he launched his podcast and it opened up all these opportunities and all these doors. And at the time, I'm like, oh, dude, if anybody can relate to that, I fucking do. Right. Yeah. So I launched it, got it ranked on day three by getting a bunch of written reviews on Apple in a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, and then it was ranked like, holy shit, this works. And then I had Billy Gina's marketing. So I hit him up instantly like, yo, I'm ranked. I would love to get you on my show. Yada, yada, yada. Had him on the next week. So I literally in one week went from everybody laughing to having power players on the, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And what I've, what I've noticed dude, like, like I'm not even going to be able to share all the benefits because I would literally be sitting here talking for hours. Sure. But dude, the relationships I get to build with powerful people, hands down, number one, priceless. 
Dude, like I, I, I get, I got Andy to agree to sit down with me once a year so I can pick his brain on my podcast and get to ask him any question that I want in the world. Andy Frasilla, you know what I'm saying? I don't, not everybody can do that. And the only reason why I could do this is because I got a fucking platform with my podcast that I could do that on. And I get an hour of his time every single year. And, but that's the thing, though. You know, he quick. charges $100,000 for an hour of his time on stage. You know what I'm saying? I just, <laughs> wanted, I just wanted to let you know that. That's, so that's the thing, though. Like, he agreed to it because you're asking him questions, but he knows that that gets filtered down to so many other people. It's not just like, hey, dude, can I have a one-on-one? It's completely different. So the platform, this is this is me talking now. I love it for the reason that it can be distributed. The knowledge that I'm able to siphon from industry experts about entrepreneurship or transitions is something that can be shared with a lot of other people. I just happen to really freaking enjoy it. So it's a big plus for me. But I think that's one of the keys to getting some of the people that you want help from is to be like, I've grown this platform and more people are going to hear your message because you're not talking. Like, I'm not talking during this nearly as much as you, right? You're the guest. I want to make sure people hear your story, what you have to offer and what you've been through. So I think that's one of the biggest differences. If you want to start a podcast just to think you're going to be the next Joe Rogan, then I think it's it's over before it starts. Yeah, exactly, dude. It, it, it's, dude, the way I look at the podcast, our perfect people that we work with, like anytime somebody comes like, hey man, I, you know, I, I want to start this podcast because I want to make this money, blah, blah, blah. I don't even want to fucking work with them because it's not a good fit. Because if you're in a rush to monetize, which we can fucking make money out the gate really fast with the podcast, but that's not the play with the podcast. The podcast is more, and you're, you're, you're already on the shit. You're doing the shit consistent. We talked about it before we hit record. It's a brand awareness play. It's, it's, it's a grow the audience, grow the brand, a strong brand. And your podcast is a, the top of the funnel where people get to really know, like, and trust you. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. Of course. If you listen to this podcast consistently, you know Rich. You know him, like him, and trust him, or you fucking hate his guts, one or the other. But you're coming to this podcast. Leave a review either way. Yeah. <laughs> drop, that, <laughs> drop that motherfucking review. <laughs> but, but seriously, though, it, you get to hear your thoughts, views, perspectives, and opinions all the time, and you really get to build that relationship. And then... You know, that leads to other shit. Dude, I don't, I barely ever sell shit on my podcast, but guess what? I fucking make so much fucking money by having the podcast. Let's end with this, man. I no like and trust. It's 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 the simplest concept. It makes unbelievable sense to a lot of people like you and like me, but sometimes the people we work with want to bypass that. Why does that happen? Like, what is the rush? It's weird, bro. And so I look at it like this, man. People approach people online really fucking weird. So like you, if if you and I were hanging out at a party and we went to the same high school and we knew of each other, but we really didn't know each other, right? But we knew of each other. And I come up to you and fucking just run up. Hey, Rich, I got this thing. Blah, 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 and I'm just like shoving it down your throat, this pitch, right? You'd probably want to punch me right in the throat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't approach you like that in real life. So why the fuck do people approach people online all weird when they wouldn't approach them offline like that? People are, they're, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to skip the relationship steps. Yes. And that's where so many people are fucking idiots. Like there ain't no way around. If are they just, they just don't know they don't know. But man, relationships are more powerful than it's your greatest assets in business, dude. In in life, like all right, besides time and health relationships. What What's more important than time and health? Yep. I mean, here's the thing. You can, 
you can skip the relationships and you could do a straight numbers play. Like you can ask a million people to buy your product or your service and a percentage of them will. And, and it, it is completely probably scalable to a certain degree, but they're not going to know, like, and trust you. So if you have all that money and it's for nothing, then, then what are you going to really be proud of? And that's just something uh, I've told the story a couple of times, but we planned out 2021. I'm like, all right, we're going to do a million this year. And it was, it's not an arbitrary number, but for me, I was like, I think that means success. <laughs> we mapped it out. And then it's just like, it actually doesn't mean anything. And, and, you know, we talked about Eliza. We said, just because we could, doesn't mean we should. You know, that's not how we actually roll. Like all the things that would need to take place would be a real big shift in the way I come across online, which is exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. And exactly who I am is not, hey man, uh, saw your podcast, uh, would love to help you with video. Here's my price sheet, call me. Here's my calendar link, book some time. Like that's just not me, ever. Do you know what I'm saying? So, So the thing is you can skip the relationships if you want. But I think at the end of the day, you're going to you're gonna get into that negative self-talk because you'll be like, no one actually gives a shit about my shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, man, so where can we find you on social? And obviously, thank you so much for, for being a guest and for the audience. But where can we find you and what can we learn from you? Yeah, man, dude, I appreciate that question. Honestly, the best place to find me is the podcast, Underdog Empowerment. It's on pretty much any podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on. But to make it really simple for you, all my socials and the podcast, everything, it's on underdogempowerment.com. You can find it right on the homepage. You can even scroll down. There's a podcast section with a button that says subscribe. It's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all that shit. Hope to see you guys over there. Uh, Rich, dude, this was awesome. Thank you for coming all the way out here to the frozen tundra. <laughs> yes. St. Louis. It's cold, man. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys know the deal. So please definitely give Zach some love uh, if you come across his content. And if any of you go and visit any of his content or subscribe or any of his services, definitely let him know that you heard it from this podcast if you didn't know him prior to this, because I'd I'd love to be responsible for some of those connections. That's that's I always want to make sure you guys are getting connected to the people. I'm now connected to because that's just how the world works, man. The pie gets bigger and bigger. So, amen. All right. So, we will see you next time. Later. All right, everybody. I hope you really took something away from that. You are probably not in this situation nearly as bad as he's ever been in multiple times. And if there's anything, anything to really kind of dive into, it's the fact that we are all able to grow. No one is going through life unscathed, period. So listen close. I hope you uh, are able to give feedback on this episode. Reach out to Zach, reach out to me. And you know the deal, rate and review, please. A written review is huge, is huge. And that's why we are starting to rank consistently, not only in the US, but overseas, Great Britain and India. I mean, it's ridiculous. So the message is getting out there. And it's because I'm interviewing amazing people like Zach. So please take the time to leave a rating and a review. And that's what keeps this thing going on and on and on. Talk soon.